Good morning. Welcome to the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We are with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we're certainly grateful for each and every one of you who have decided to come on the live with us and spend a couple of hours of your morning with us celebrating Jesus and all that he has accomplished for us. We hope that we're able to give you something to encourage you, to enliven you, to enrich you and, in and strengthen you on your daily commute. Uh, again, we're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, what we're going to do is going to start off with a word of prayer, and then we're going to jump into our word today coming out of 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 15. And again, we love you all so, so much and grateful for every person who's on the live today. Michigan man, we see you this morning, Chipo. We see you this morning. Good morning to you as well, and hope that you guys are having a fantastic day in the name of the Lord. Thank you already for the follows. Thank you for the likes and thank you for the comments go ahead and fill out that comment box below with any questions comments or concerns that you may have and we're certainly thankful and grateful to each and every one of you who decides to get on the live on this morning again just you know keep it classy down in the comment box is all that we ask heavenly father we come before you saying thank you for another blessed day in your presence we're thankful lord god that you think it not robbery to give us this opportunity to be able to worship you in spirit and truth lord god we're grateful god that you have allowed us this opportunity to be able to worship you on today uh, we're grateful that your son Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again to give us this opportunity to be able to love you uh, like you would have us to love you. That he took out the heart of stone and transferred a heart of flesh within, a, within us and poured his spirit into us um, so that we may be able to love you, to honor you, to bless you, to praise you, to worship you, and to strengthen and edify one another as the body of believers. We're asking on this day, Lord God, that you just Use this platform on today to as leverage for your kingdom. Um, for those who are already believers, that we just grow in the knowledge and the wisdom of you, that we may grow to continue to love you and delight ourselves in you as the greatest treasure that we could ever possess, the best thing that has ever happened to us. And for those who don't have a walk with you, may we give a word on today that will encourage them to uh, grow more curious about you, Lord God, to want to, you know, sup with you, Lord God, to want to sit down at your feet and just learn more about what you would have to say about uh, about yourself and about them as they relate to you. Lord God, we're grateful and we give you name, all praise, glory, and honor. We move ourselves out the way that you may have all authority, all authority, all glory, and all power within this morning show on today. And again, we thank your son, Jesus Christ, for making this possible. Holy Spirit, move like you've never moved before. Strengthen like you've never strengthened before. Encourage like you've never encouraged before. And we'll be again so careful to give your name, praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Again, thank you so much for coming on the show this morning and hope that we're um, able to give you something that will just edify your souls on today. We are going to be in 2 Peter chapter 1, uh, verses 3 through 15 on today um, as we are hoping to impart um, some, some wisdom and some nuggets to you guys on this morning. Uh, starting at verse number 3, uh, he says, His divine power, talking about God's divine power, his divine power has granted to us all things that per let me read the different sorry his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence 
about which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way there will be there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it is I think it right, as long as I'm in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. And I will make every effort so that after my departure you may be able at any time to recall these things. In this, uh, what Paul, what, listen to me, Paul, I'm so used to saying Paul's name. The man named Peter is clearly right there in scripture. It's 2 Peter, not Paul. Um, shows you how much I stay up in the Corinthians and all that. Um, and again, out of 2 Peter chapter uh, 1, verses 3 through 15, uh, we see Paul, listen to me, I did it again. Peter saying to the believers that, um, our ten, that we, that we have these fruit of the spirit that are residing in us. And I say the fruit of the spirit because a lot of times when we talk about the things that God has imparted to us, we only talk about the nine fruit of the spirit that are referred to, um, I believe it's in Galatians. Um, and let me check just to be doubly sure because I always get Galatians and Ephesians mixed up when it talks about the fruit of the spirit. Um, and so let me make sure that I'm in the right place. When I'm think when I'm thinking about it, I believe it's in Galatians chapter um chapter five, yes. And we always refer to Galatians chapter five as the fruit of the spirit. And 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 in Galatians chapter five, looking at verse number twenty two, we see he says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Um, second Peter, um, the, the, the second letter that Peter wrote that we have in the Scriptures, by the way, um, at least, um, has another set of these godly principles, these godly fruit of the spirit that we should have residing in all of us. He says in verse number five, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. 
we also see something like that similar um something similar to that um and my mind just drew a blank i'm trying to remember where it is um i'll come back to it in a minute my mind just went completely blank on where 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 it um, where it's located but paul makes another you know this add to this add to this add to this um when it refers to the things that we should see stirred up oh, oh, it's in it's in colossians in colossians chapter 3 colossians chapter 3 um colossians chapter 3 thank you holy ghost um verse number 12 put on then as god's chosen ones holy and beloved Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. If one has a complaint against one another, forgiving one another, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. <clears throat> uh, we see that these things are, you know, are similar from Paul to Peter, Christ, they're all saying the same thing. That there is some that there is something that we should be looking for in the spirit that should start emanating out of us from the inside out. And a lot of times we as the believers, we believe that the manifestation of the Holy Spirit only shows up when we are doing something. Or when we are receiving some type of material blessing from the Lord. That the only time that we see a working of the Holy Spirit is when there's some big fantastic thing that's happening around us. Like we are, we've become so sensationalized when it comes to our faith that our tendency is that unless God is doing something big and spectacular in our lives... He either must not exist or he doesn't care or he doesn't matter. But Paul and Peter are saying to us today that if we are the believers in God, the, the manifestation of the spirit living inside of us ought to be these virtues, ought to be these fruit. That the fruit of the spirit that we see, the dispensation of the spirit that we see should manifest itself as faith. Virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, and love. As we said, going again back to um back to Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. We should see holiness, being beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, forbearance not complaining, forgiveness, love. And then um, going back to Galatians, seeing it once again, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the things that God wants to see that God has placed inside of us, and that's the fruit that ought to manifest itself into the world today. We often ask the question, how will people know that we are Christ's disciples? Christ is telling us today, if you are showing faith, 
virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, and love, these are the manifestation of the spirit living inside of us. Let's call a spade a spade on today because we family, we in the nest. How many of our lives truly reflect a knowledge, wisdom, love, and devotion to God? When you look out and when you think about your own life, when you think about the things that you're doing from one day to the next, how is your life reflecting the manifestation of the spirit within? Talking to the believers today. How many of us are truly living out our faith walk in such a way to where we are a reflection of the fruit of the spirit? From both Paul and Peter. Because for many of us, we say that we believe in Christ, but our relationship with him is so shallow. I see God is, is, is really working with me on this whole shallow faith thing. Our faith walk with God is so shallow that these virtues cannot be found. They're barely seen among friends. But do we see them as we're going about in the world? Talking to people who don't have a walk with Christ. Talking to people who have a shallow walk with Christ. Being among people who, you know, we can't stand or don't want to be around. You know, get on our nerves. The co-worker that won't stop being chatty. The, the, the co-worker that, you know, has undercut us time and time again. The one who's always lazy, never want to do anything, but seem to get all the accolades and all the rewards. You know, with the, the people who have hurt us, the people who have betrayed us, the people who have stabbed us in our backs. You know, are we showing them love and the patience and the kindness of God that he's shown to us? Is the inner working of the Holy Spirit manifesting itself outward into the world that we live in. He says to us, Paul says, to, oh my God, say it again. Peter says to us, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. What are the great and precious promises that God has promised to us? He's promised us that we have been transferred from death to life. That if we repent and believe in Jesus, that there is repent, that there is forgiveness of our sins. That we can be washed clean. That the, that the slate can be wiped clean. Past, present, and future sins all forgiven by virtue of a, of a Christ who died on the cross and rose again and credited his righteousness to us. That though we may be dead in our trespasses and sins, we can be brought to new life through Christ by virtue of what he has done for us on the cross. By virtue of the life that he lived that we could never live. Living a perfect life in this world. And y'all know how busted up and broken up and disgusted this world is. But furthermore, even when we have this knowledge, we know how we act. Like sometimes we be like, bump God, I'm going to step over the cross and go do what I want to do anyway. You know, we deserve the death penalty for that. 
And yet Christ, in his infinite knowledge, love, and wisdom, knowing that we were going to mess up, knowing that we were going to make mistakes, knowing that we were going to fall short, he died that we might live. And he promised that he's crediting his righteousness to us. He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be called the righteousness of God. He promises us that we will have life eternal with him. He promises us his Holy Spirit that will live inside of us, that will remind us of all things pertaining to Christ. He promises us that if we, you know, ask, we shall receive, seek and shall find, knock and the door shall be open when it pertains to having more of his love, more of his kindness, more of his patience, more of his forgiveness, more of the fruit of the spirit pouring inside of each and every one of us. He promised us that we will have trials, that we will have tribulations, but he was also the one that promised that he would never leave us nor forsake us, that even though the weapon may form and that the weapon may hurt, it will not prosper when it comes to destroying our souls. He promised us that though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we have nothing to fear because he walks with us through the valley. That if we're on the mountaintop, that we can still remain humble and be grateful and thankful to God for all that he has done for us. But that if we're ever brought in the, in the valley, that he has the power to deliver us, to deliver and to give us a peace that surpasses all understanding so that we can be content in whatever state we find ourselves in. Those are those and so much more are the great and very present promises that he promises to each and every one of us. And through Christ's finished work, we can look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and recognize the, um, the, the power that Christ has placed inside of us to be able to walk out and carry out the living manifestation of the spirits and, and the spirit that and the, and the fruit of the spirit that God has placed inside of us. That we can have the love, we can have the joy, we can have the peace because it's already resting, ruling, and abiding. In us, if we abide in Christ, he abides in us. If we abide in him, he abides in us. He tells us, um, for this very reason, um, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfastness, steadfastness with godliness, Godliness with brotherly affection, brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, and you can trust that they are yours and are increasing, that they are yours and are increasing. That is the promise from Christ that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. So everything that the Spirit is lives inside of us. If these qualities are yours and are increasing, and they are. Hallelujah, they are. <clears throat> if they are ours, then they will keep you from being ineffective. They will keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. They will, again, keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is nearsighted, that he is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed of his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, 
you will never fall. For in this way you there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He says in the word, he says in the word, here it is, I need y'all to hear me clear. If you are not displaying the fruit of this spirit, the Holy Spirit living inside of you, it is an indication that we have forgotten what Christ has done for us. If you are not following through with the fruit of the Spirit, if you are not carrying out the fruit of the Spirit, then what you dis what you can dis what you can see and understand is that the we have forgotten what Christ has done for us. I'm reminded of the Israelites when they came out of Egypt. God had taken them out, parted the Red Sea. They walked on dry land. Talking about God said, and parted the Red Sea. And the sea was parted in such a way to where they walked on dry ground. Not muddy ground. It was dry. Dry as the sand on the seashore that's further away from the shoreline. Dry ground. Get all the way to the other side. God closed it up. Pharaoh and his boys are drowned in the depths of the sea. They are done done. Over with. Finito. Finished. Complete. Kaput. Gone. They rejoicing. Hosanna. Hallelujah. Miriam's song. They singing. Having a good time. They get out into the wilderness. The promised land is on the way. It ain't but, ain't but a few days journey. Ain't but a few days journey. Here come these Israelites. As a collective. We'd be better if we'd been in Egypt, man. At least we were eating good while we were in Egypt. How easy. We forgot what God just did for us not even a few days ago. Man parted the Red Sea for us. God split the sea wide open so that we could be free. Free from bondage. We've been in, our, our brothers and sisters, we've been in bondage for 400 years. 480 years. And God got us out. And yet... How easily we forget what God has done for us. It'd be better if we been back in Egypt, man. At least we eating good. What what Peter and Paul are saying to us today is that if we are not reflecting the faith, virtue, knowledge, self control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, and love that He's placed inside of us. It is an indication that we forgot what Christ did for us. We've become so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed of his former sins. The Holy Spirit living inside of us reminds us of the humility that we should have and the gratitude that we should have and the thankfulness that we should have for what Christ accomplished for us on the cross. So if you feel like your heart is hardened toward people, 
you need to check whether or not you truly believe what Christ did for you. Because it's very easy for us to ask for the faith, for the grace and the faith and the forgiveness and the love of God. Please, yes, lavish it on me, Lord. But are we then carrying that same love out amongst our brothers and sisters? Are we carrying that same love out toward our enemies? Are we carrying that, that same love out toward strangers? Are we showing the same compassion that Christ showed us when he died on the cross? Now it says we love because he first loved us. Are we carrying out the very things that we say that Christ has done for us? Because that is the mark of Christian maturity. That we have such a robust understanding and love for Christ and what he's done. That it reflects itself outward as we are the image bearers of God. The image bearers of Christ being molded and shaped into the image of his son from one degree of glory to the next. Are we now carrying out the same love, same kindness, same compassion that Christ had for us on the cross? Is our faith a reflection of Jesus Christ? Is our virtue a reflection of Jesus Christ? Is, you know, our... Is the knowledge that we have a reflection of Jesus Christ? Is the, is the self-control that we have a reflection of Jesus Christ? Is our steadfastness a reflection of Jesus Christ? Is our godliness a reflection of Jesus Christ? Is our brotherly affection a reflection of Jesus Christ? Is our love a reflection of of Jesus Christ we have to ask ourselves whether or not what we are is a reflection of who Christ is I see somebody said in the in the comment box it must be because Paul Paul got something to say to us and a matter of fact he, he does I see what God is doing here Colossians chapter 2 Starting at verse 1. I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach the riches of full assurance and understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. 
In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with his legal demands. Whew. This, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them. So he says to us, he's saying to us in this word today, that the, the more that we revel and love and devote ourselves to what Christ has accomplished for us, the more that we are rooted firmly in what God has accomplished for us, and the more that we love and delight ourselves in him, the more fruit we ought to bear when it comes to the love and the joy and the peace and the long-suffering and the patience and the faith and the kindness, and the forgiveness, and the zeal of God to the world. We ought to be the living manifestation of what's happening on the inside of us. What Christ has accomplished on the cross, we should be a living manifestation of that thing. It's not, we, we, again, we sometimes think that the, the manifestation of the God that we serve is simply supposed to be about us, um, you know, having the blessed life in terms of having the fancy cars or the big houses or the great wealth or, or we have, um, you know, uh, the great spouses, you know, great kids, supposed to be going on lavish vacations and all these other things. And it's not to say that we're not that we can't have those things. God wants us to enjoy this world in a way that glorifies and honors Him. And so it's not to say that we can't have these things. But the things that God wants to really bless us with are spiritual. They are spiritual things: the love, the joy, the peace, the long suffering, the patience, the kindness, the gentleness, the meekness, the the self control. Those are the things that God wants us to have ruling and resting and wants to give us lavishly. For those are the, live, the, are the manifestation of an internal heart transformation that God will then use to gain somebody, somebody else along the way to become a part of this kingdom. There are plenty of people that are making a whole lot of money in this world, but they don't have a walk with God. There are plenty of people who have nice houses, nice land, great kids, great spouses, but they don't have a walk with God. And these, oh my goodness. And these people are some of the best people you will ever meet. Some of the kindest people you will ever know. Some of my best friends do not have a relationship with Jesus. But you wouldn't know because of how kind they are, how gracious they are. And ironically, they're showing what we ought to be showing ourselves. And sometimes they show it in droves. So if they, again, as Christ says, can show love to their friends, how much more 
should we, the believers in God, former enemies of God, former enemies of Christ, former rebellious, rebel, re, former the former rebellious, you know, how much more should we, having been forgiven and pardoned of our sins, should show love and kindness and graciousness and gratitude and thanksgiving to everyone? To our brothers and sisters in the faith and to those who don't have a walk. For again, our scriptures tell us that if we don't, it is a reflection of forgetfulness. That we've forgotten what Christ has done for us. People often ask the question, you know, how, how do I show people love? How do I show them, you know, kindness? How do I show them forgiveness? How do I love my enemies? I said, we got to first be reminded by the Holy Spirit that we were once enemies. Matter of fact, I'm going to let Paul speak again about it. Romans chapter 5, starting at verse 6. While we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person. Though perhaps for a good person, one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. So, I was a wretch undone. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost. I didn't find Jesus. He found me. I was blind. I didn't remove the scales from my eyes. I didn't put eye drops in my eyes. God did that. So now I can see. God did that. Christ did that. But how easily we forget what God has done for us. And it reflects itself. It shows itself. It manifests itself in how we treat people. It manifests itself in how we don't show kindness to people. It manifests itself. It manifests itself. Give y'all a prime example. The situation and circumstance presents itself where you have you where 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 you, you gotta choose, you know, you know, family and friends, right? We have all <clears throat> We have all these, um, all these resources, all these resources, but when rubber meets the road, if you see that someone is in need, you got plenty now. You got plenty. I ain't talking about you scarce. You got plenty. If you scarce, you know, obviously take care of your people, you know, take care of home first, you know, but you got plenty resources, but it's interesting that when situations occur where we're going out of our minds and we're desperate trying to make sure that we're okay. We will withhold what we have. We got plenty, but we withhold what we have because I got to take care of mine first. We see 
that a lot of times the we say we love God, but it's little moments like that where we won't give, we won't share, we won't show love one to another. We'll show love to who we love, but we won't show love to all. The same kind of love that Christ showed us. That when we were outside of the kingdom, he died so that we could come in. As it says, if in this way, um, he said to verse 10, Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus paved the way. He opened the door. When he died and rose again. Come on in. Come to me, all who are, you know, tired, weary, weak, frail, heavy laden, weary, and find rest for your souls. The compassion that God has for us should pour and wash over us in such a way to where we're like, Thank you. And that same love and that same compassion we should have for our brothers and sisters. Same love, same kindness, same compassion we should have for one another. For our enemies. I say this all the time. I'm not saying be a doormat and let them walk all over you. But I'm saying treat them the way that you will want to be treated in so much that we show them Jesus. My daughter asked me a question the other day. She was like, "How do? what do I do when I don't want to be friends with somebody? When I don't want to be friends with somebody anymore. And I was like, why don't you want to be friends with them anymore? And she said, because she talks about people behind their backs. And I said to her, well, what you ought to do, if she is your friend, is you should go to her and talk to her and tell her, I don't want to stop being your friend. But if, you're go if we're going to be friends, I need to tell you, I don't, I don't like what you're doing. Talking about people behind their backs, that's not being a friend to people. And if our friendship is going to continue, I got to check you on that. I don't want to stop being your friend, but if that's something that you're going to continue to do, then we may need to rethink our friendship. I love you, but I can't, I can't, let, I can't, if I, in my love for you, I got to tell you what I see. You don't have to end the friendship. You don't have to sever the friendship. You ain't got to sever the relationship. Just talk to her. Just tell her. I don't like what you're doing. I don't want to stop being your friend, 
but I can't be your friend if this is the kind of this is what you do for to your friends. You know, you 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 smiling in their face, but then you're talking about them behind their back. That's not that's not friendship. And if we're gonna be friends, you, you we can't you can't do that. I I can't be your friend and do that. And so that is a mark of the kindness and the forgiveness and the love that God has for us that he reached out. He didn't abandon us. He didn't dismiss himself from us. He didn't say, well, you know, they acting so they acting funny, so I'm going to walk away. No, he pursues. Like, hey, I need to check you on this. Because you say that you're mine, but you're you're acting in a way that is contrary to what I've brought you, what I put in you. You're not exercising what I put in you. Remember, God says, I know my people can't do this on their own, so I'm going to put my spirit in them so that they can follow my precepts, so that they can follow my rules, so that they can follow my laws, so that they can follow me. I'm going to do that work. So we have the benefit of the doubt that God already knows. I know y'all can't do this on your own. Lean on me. When you're not strong, I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on. Please don't get us banned. All I'm saying, God said, I got you. I got to. I'll do this work. I'll put in this work. But you, you got to exercise it. It's in you. You got to exercise it. You got to flex that muscle. You got to work that muscle out. I was talking to a client last night. And they were saying, you know, because uh, the, the guy don't like talking about heavy emotions. He's like, so you mean to tell me I got to talk about my emotions? I said, yes. You got to practice talking. Because if you don't, you're not talking is going to manifest itself in another way. You got to flex the muscle that God has placed inside of you. You got to exercise your faith. Exercise your faith. So when it says faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, and love, we got to ask ourselves the question, which we'll save for another day. Matter of fact, I may do it tomorrow. What are faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, and love? What are those things? And how has Christ shown us those things? Because he is the author and finisher of our faith. See, the thing people don't understand about Christ being the author and finisher is that it's not just about him being the scripter. He lived it out so that we can see. We can see, we have an example in him of what we ought to be looking like. What, what it means to show steadfastness. We look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, to know this is what steadfastness looks like. This is what virtue looks like. And then pattern ourselves accordingly by the power of the Holy Spirit to walk out what we say we believe in. 
And so what, what God is telling us today is that if we say that we believe in Jesus, if we say that he is the greatest thing that's ever happened to us, if we say that he's the greatest treasure that we could ever possess, we ought to reflect as the image bearers of God who he is. Because it is the proof that we belong to him. It is the proof that we are his. Christ said it in John John chapter 13 verse number 34 a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you you are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. What is the proof of God's existence? A lot of people come on this show and ask that question all the time. What is the proof of God's existence? The love that we have for one another. What is the proof of God's existence? The love that we have for one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Talk about prove God's existence to me. That's all the proof God told me to give. Am I even doing that? No, that's the question. Am I even doing that? Like, can we call a spade a spade, fam? Like, am I even showing love? Or is the love that I show only, you know, a matter of um, convenience? Is it just simply a matter of when it's, when it's convenient for me to show love? When it benefits me in some type of way? When I can get something out of it? When I can gain something from it? Is that the only time I'm going to show love? How often are we showing love when there is no benefit for me in this? Except the fact that I, I got Jesus. That's the only benefit I have. Again, we want so badly, and again, I'm, I'm guilty of it too. So we want so badly for people to love us the way that we deserve to be loved. Can I call a spade a spade? We deserve death. We deserve hell. That's what we deserve. We don't deserve to be loved the way that we think we ought to be loved. Therefore, anything that we receive on this side of glory is a gift from God. Wages of sin is death. We're born in sin. None is righteous. Our righteousness before God is but a filthy rag, a bloody tampon. That's scripture. So I can't earn my way in. I don't deserve a thing. God is gracious. And loves us so much that he was willing to do everything that he's done in his love for us. Are we showing that same love to our people? Are we showing that same love to our enemies? Because that's the proof. Again, people always want to know how prove God's existence. Prove God's existence. Christ said, by this they will know. If you love one another, 
all the archaeological digs you can do at the end of the day if you ain't showing love the archaeological digs ain't doing nothing the scrolls finding the scrolls ain't doing nothing the love that you show can do far more than any proof that you could find in this whole world, even though the whole world is the proof of God's existence, I mean, we can if we want to, want to, you know, parse words, you know, go to Romans chapter one. But again, how will they know that we are His disciples if we show love? How do we show love by remembering what Christ did for us? For we love because Christ first loved us. We were rebellious in our sins, dead and our dead to rights in our trespasses and sins, and He forgave us for them. And so I'm saying all that to say, if you have a if you have a relationship with the Lord, show me the proof. Show me the proof. And the proof is if you are showing, again, as it says according to 2 Peter, because again, Paul got a version, he got two versions, Paul got three versions somewhere. I'm gonna go find the third one somewhere. And I think Peter might have a second version of it too. Let me see. I feel like he does somewhere. Give me one second. No, it does not. So it's the second Peter. So he says, we ought to show the proof by faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, and love. If you say that you are a believer in Christ, do you reflect these characteristics? This isn't a list to try to climb. So let's not let's 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 not say okay. So I need to get this. Need to climb this ladder. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is Christ has placed those things inside of you and has given us the the example of what these things look like. Are we an embodiment, a living embodiment of these things? For if we are, it shows that we have not forgotten what Christ has accomplished for us on the cross. That this is the proof of our calling and election. That we walk in such a way to where we are reflecting the renown and the glory and the majesty of Jesus Christ our Lord. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're certainly grateful for each and every one of you has thought it not robbery to give us an opportunity to be able to worship you in spirit and in truth. And so we're hoping and praying that you guys are having a great time in the name of the Lord. And I'm going to take a quick break to get through these comments and, um, and get to our next part of our show. Um, but thank you again so, so much for taking the time to, um, to be with us on today. If you've missed any part of this message or you want to go to past episodes of our show, you can go straight to um, TikTok. I mean, not TikTok. You can go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and be able to go um, and listen to all of our past episodes right there um, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. 
um, thank you so much for the 1,000 likes that you've given us today. And also thank you for every follow, every like, every share, and every comment. We really do appreciate you from the bottom of my heart um, for all that you've done. If you decide that you want to give any gift or donation to this cause, again, I make I have my own job, I make my own money, I pay my own bills. You're not giving any money to me. All the money goes straight to the True Gospel Ministry to keep up our website and to keep up our subscriptions and to keep up the, the, the podcast. And so again, no dime is going to me. Um, regardless of whether y'all give or don't, it, the websites are going to keep going. The, the, the podcasts are going to keep going. Everything's going to keep going. So any donation you give, again, you're not paying me. I got my own job. I make my own money, pay my own bills. But we are certainly appreciative of anything that you do decide to give. And so, again, if you decide that that's what you want to do, by all means, feel free to do so. And we'll be so grateful. And we'll steward your money accordingly. Again, thank you so much for watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. Uh, we are with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And certainly grateful for every person who has come on the live. Um, and we see we don't have a lot of um, commenters in here today. Uh, but we are certainly grateful for each and every one of you and hope that you are, um, you, that you are enjoying um, this show on this morning. Um, let's see, what question are we about to get into right now? Um, let's see. person asked the question last week can anyone stop God from destroying Jesus if he decides to um so I didn't quite understand the position that the person was in when they asked the question and I because I had got grab I grabbed the question I guess way too late that person decided they were gonna go and go bother somebody else I guess so they left me alone um but the question again was, can anyone stop God from destroying Jesus if he decides to? Um, the, 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 the simple, simple answer to that question is no. If God decided he wanted to destroy Jesus, that's, that's what he would do. And that'd be the end of it. God can do literally whatever he wants to do. However, it doesn't make sense. And the reason why it doesn't make sense is because... God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit are one. So to destroy Jesus is to destroy himself. If you need, you know, Bible to back it up, take it all the way back to the beginning of Genesis. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So there we go right there. God's there. The Spirit of God is there. 
and God said, let there be light. Those are words. That's important. So hold on to that. Words. Let there be light. And there was light. Verse 26 of the same chapter says, then God said, let us. That's all. I ain't got to say nothing else. Let us. Us. God the Father. God the Son. God the Holy Spirit. Let us. Let us. So then when we go to um, the book of John, and it's like, John was like, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me jazz this up a little bit. Show you size, show you guys something. Excuse me. John said, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Skip down to verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Right? Go to Matthew chapter 3. I believe it's three. Yes, it is. Matthew chapter three, verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now for this. It thus is, is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Now, Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, starting at verse 15. Christ, when he says the word he there, Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth in heaven or in heaven by uh, making peace by the blood of his cross. One more place and then I'll leave y'all alone. Not really. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 1 
Philippians chapter 2. Starting at verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Equality with God. Hold on to that. But emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So, having put Lord, all that together, Does God have the power? Sure. Can he do what he wants to do? Aight. But why would, why would God want to do that? Why would God want to destroy himself? Why would God want to destroy his son? For what purpose would that, would, would that, would that make sense? We tend to ask the wrong questions in an attempt to try to bait and switch. And so the question becomes, for me, why is that a question on your mind? Why do you care whether or not God has the power to destroy himself? What's going on in that space to where you feel it necessary to want to have such a to have such a question that you want to ask God that's the first thing second and more important than that is why are you asking me why not ask him yourself because clearly he's got the answers it doesn't make sense oh my gosh okay I see what you did there, God. I see what you did. I see what you did. Mm, mm, mm. He said, yeah, I did answer that question. Um, 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 house divided among itself cannot stand. Matthew 12. Matthew 12. God did. God answered the question. I see. I see what you did, God. I see what you did. Mm, 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 mm. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Matthew verse uh, Matthew chapter 12 verse 22 Then a demon oppressed man who was blind and mute was brought to him and he healed him so that the man spoke and saw and all the people were amazed and said can this be the son of David it is but when the Pharisees heard it they said it is only by Beelzebub the prince of demons that this man cast out demons knowing their thoughts Christ said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste and no city or house divided against itself will stand. 
And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? If I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if it is by the spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. How can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? Then indeed he may plunder his house. Whoever is not with me is against me. And whoever does not gather with me scatters. Therefore I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, but the blasphemy against the spirit will not be forgiven. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. So Jesus answers the question himself, and I, I, here it is. I ain't, I ain't even got to do the work. Here go Christ himself. He said, in what universe does it make sense for the, for the house to be divided against itself? If a house is divided against itself, it's not going to stand. How many times have we seen on Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, Billions, um, all these different um, type of you know succession type shows where you got family members fighting up against each other. Kaleidoscope, that was on Netflix, bomb show by the way. House divided amongst itself is not going to stand. The re re let me, let me, reason why I love the Avengers, reason why I love like Oceans 11, Oceans 12, Oceans 13, Oceans 8 and movies like that is because you get to see people work together. I love that stuff. SWAT, the TV show, love that stuff because you see a team working together. If the house is divided amongst itself, it's not going to stand. I ain't going to spoil it for you, but that's why Kaleidoscope made me mad. Because I'm like, y'all supposed to be working together. What the crap? What is y'all doing? Y'all supposed to be working together. One goal. How he said it on drum land, drum, drum line. One band. One sound. He told buddy, all right, so go be the man without the band. The house divided amongst itself cannot stand. It can't. So what sense would it make for God to destroy himself? What sense would it make for God to destroy Jesus? It doesn't. And again, that that's 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 borderline blasphemy, which is an indication of a heart's posture that is turned so far away from God to even fathom the idea. God, can you just could you destroy Jesus if you wanted to? Why would he do that? Why would he do that? The math ain't mathing. Make it make sense. God wouldn't do that to himself. Because to do that to himself would to, to, to divide himself um, against himself. It, it make, make it make sense. And so again, I say that to say, if you want to know badly enough, there's a word for it. There's a word for it. And so you have to ask yourself the question <clears throat> whether or not you have a relationship with the Lord in such a way 
to where you are then able to see for yourself. If you don't have a relationship with him, God is saying, I love you and I want a relationship with you. Just ask. Just ask. Because at the end of the day, this is what God has done for us. And I answered the question that Reverend John M.D. Um, asked, and, um, asked, why did he send him here to die? I wasn't there before creation. So I don't know what kind of conversation they all had amongst one another. But if I were there, I could speculate that the conversation probably went something like this. How do we, the Godhead, wish to show the world love? I got it. I, here it is. How about die for their sins? They're, they're wrong in their iniquities. They're dead. We got them dead to rights. But how about we show love by dying on a cross so that they can live? Bet. Run it in three, two, one. Let there be light. Now again, I wasn't there for that conversation. But there's plenty of proof in the word of God that tells us all this stuff was done for love. Can't look anywhere greater than one of the greatest, greatest verses of all time, which all of is great. So I ain't got, I don't have a dog in that fight. But the greatest verse of all time that we remember, John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. And y'all hear, hear me say this 50 billion times over, and I'll say it again. Romans chapter 5. While we were still weak, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 10, if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. And then when we go to John, First uh, John chapter 4 verse 19 we love God well we love because he first loved us we love because he first loved us
You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly grateful for each and every one of you who thought it not robbery to give us um, this opportunity to be able to speak to y'all today. Um, and hope that you're having a great day in the name of the Lord. God has been so gracious and good to every last one of us. Thank you so much for the 1,100 likes that we have received thus far. Thank you for every comment. Thank you for every like. Thank you for every share. Uh, we certainly do appreciate you guys um, for taking the time to um, out of your busy schedule to listen to us today. If you have missed any part of this message or any part of this recording, you are able to go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts at any time to um, to listen to any replays of these messages. And so, we're, again, we're just so grateful and thankful that you thought of not Robert to give us a little bit of time out of your day to be able to listen to the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We'll be right back in just a moment. Welcome back to the True Gospel Morning Show. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day in the name of the Lord. Uh, grateful for the uh, 1,200 likes that we have received thus far. Thank you for every comment. Thank you for every like, share, and follow. I'm certainly grateful to be among you guys once again. and Hope to be able to just share some knowledge and truth with you all. Um, and uh, know that God loves you and wants a relationship with you to anyone who does not have a walk with the Lord. Hoping that you know God will impress upon your heart that we... Um, that you are loved, that you are valued, that you are adored, that you are um, a, an image bearer of God, um, that he, you know, cares about you and cares about the state of your soul and that you grow to, um, you know, be curious about him and grow to love him, bless him and honor him as we do. Um, let me see if I can find it. Okay. All right. So 
here's a thought that I've been thinking about for the past few days um, as it pertains to um, modesty in a hypersexualized culture. Um, so, first off, as a disclaimer, as a disclaimer, I want to say to all of our women out there, this is not aimed at y'all in the way that you think it's about to be. I'm speaking about a heart condition that manifests itself. And it's not just y'all. It's not just women. It's us too. So again, I'm so I put that disclaimer out there. Because I'm about to jump into a, a, a word that sometimes will rub people the wrong way. And I need you to buckle up and listen to me. Let me finish my thought first. And then after I finish my thought, if you're still mad, throw the barbs all day. So I just need y'all to listen to me. Listen to me. So, the modesty culture, um, the purity culture in the church today, um, I feel like it's trying to work itself out. Um, because once upon a time, it did y'all so dirty. It, it, did, it, did, it did women particularly so dirty. It's, it put this responsibility on women to not be enticing to a man. And they did this in an attempt to protect them, but in doing so, denigrated a whole host of women and made them feel like, you know, to be sexy at all was to be, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, to be unrighteous in God's eyes. And there are billions of different examples in just the word alone where men found women sexy and women found men sexy and, you know, they were, Christ they were Christians, God followers, and they created babies and all that, right? So that, net, that doesn't make sense. But what they did is they pulled 1 Peter chapter 3, Verses 3 through 6. And they preached about a culture of purity and modesty that did not address the real issue. And we're going to address the real issue today here on the True Gospel Morning Show. He says, verse number 3, Do not let your adorning be external the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is God's, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that it is that is frightening. Now, let's do some homework. In the culture that Peter is writing in, most of the women in that culture who adorned themselves were doing so in an attempt to lure men into the brothels. Their desire was to get paid by handling business 
And so they would adorn themselves externally. They would put on, you know, alluring clothing. They would put on items. They would put, on, put gold in their hair. They would do their hair up. They would put on makeup. They would do these things in an attempt to go through the streets and pick up men or women and take them to the brothels to handle business. So Peter is addressing a cultural issue that says, submit yourselves to your husbands and make sure that you are adorning the internal more so than you are the external for two reasons. One, because you should care more about your soul and the reflecting reflecting the fruit of the spirit then it and then you are what's going on outside and two because there are people out there that if they see you they might think that you about that lifestyle and you know just watch out that's why the ver verse 7 says Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs of you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Protect these women. Stand up for them. Defend them. That's what Paul, that's what Peter is addressing in these matters. How do we translate that today for us? In a similar way, we find that modesty is out the window. Nowadays, you know, how are the TikTok algorithms working? The ones who are the most alluring, the ones who are the most revealing, showing their goodies, you know, whether it be a woman, you know, showing off her, you know, chest or showing off her butt or whatever, showing as little clothing as possible. Those are the ones that are racking up. The hits, they rack up the likes, they rack up the, the gifts, they rack up the subscriptions. Those are the ones that are racking them up. Enticing the flesh by, again, adorning themselves outwardly. And men are no different. Take off the shirt, show a little chesty, you know, clean up, you know, and everything, you know. I, I like being clean. I like my I like my wife when she rubbed my head, so, you know, that's why I keep, my clean, my, I keep myself clean. But... You know, we clean ourselves up. You know, we go to the gym and we show off some chest and we take the pictures, both men and women, in an attempt to entice for whatever reason. Whether it's because we're looking for attention, looking for affection, looking for money, looking for fame. But we do that. We adorn the outside. We post the pictures on Facebook and we post the pictures on Instagram and we post the pictures on TikTok in an attempt to get the views, to get the likes, to get the to get the hits, to get the the dopamine hit of validation. That external adornment we do we do that for a myriad of reasons. And what Christ is telling us is that we got to check our heart and see whether or not the external adornment that we're putting on ourselves is a reflection of an internal insecurity or an attempt to entice someone for um for ulterior means and ulterior gain. 
So what I'm not saying is that women shouldn't look good. I'm not saying men shouldn't look good. Go get you some clothes. Show show off a little bit. You know, don't be ashamed. Don't be intimidated. Wear what makes you feel good about yourself. But you need to be sure that your internal heart posture is such to where you are more concerned about what your soul looks like and whether it is getting the attention than what you got on going on on the outside. I can't tell you how many women and men I talk to um, in, 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 um, in counseling who talk about, I don't know if they really like me or not. I mean, I look good and everything, but that's all they ever talk about. They just talk about my big butt and they talk about, you know, my, 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 my boobs, or they talk about, you know, my, 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 how good I look in the car that I drive and the, you know, in the chest that I have. I don't really know if they love me or not. And I asked them, I asked them the question all the time. Well, what are you showing them? Are you giving them the opportunity to get to know you before they get to know your body? Before they get to know this outside, are you giving what are you giving off to them for them to for them to figure out who you are? Are you basing the success of your relationship initially on just attraction alone? Because we our eyes are attracted to a lot of things, but are our souls more in more alluring than what's going on on the outside. Again, I'm not saying go and wear a burlap sack because you got people that are uh, that love people in a burlap sack. But what we're saying is God is looking to us and asking the question, where is our focus? So again, I'm not saying, ladies, don't put on makeup. I'm not saying, ladies, don't put on a nice dress. I'm Ladies, I'm not saying, you know, you know, I'm not saying don't go to the beach and wear a bikini. I'm not saying that. Go, go, go have fun. Go do what you do. But check your motives. Check your motives. What are you doing it for? Is it so that you can get the attention? Get the validation? Or are you doing it from the heart's posture that your soul is what is getting you know, is what you're working on and adorning more. Fellas, same thing. What are you going to the gym for? Are you going to the gym to be healthy? Or are you going to the gym because you want to, you know, become the muscle-bound, high-value man that you think women want in the world today? Are you buying the car because you need this car? Or because you want some chick to look at you and be like, oh, no, that's a nice car. Can I get your number? Are you working the job and trying to make the six or seven figure salary because it's what you love and are passionate about? Or are you trying so hard to impress somebody? What what are you doing it for? What is your heart's posture? Are you seeking validation by dressing up the outside? Or are you so valid, valid and valued by the Lord that your desire is to please him? And in doing so, being more concerned about the inner man, being more concerned about what's going on on the inside. Again, it's not to say that we don't look good. I love, I, listen, I love going to some Ross, okay? You know, I, I got a new lifestyle, you know, that I'm that I'm living right now. So I, I'm trying, I'm slowly but surely rebuilding and revamping my, um, 
my wardrobe as a result. You know, I like looking good. But I don't like looking good at the expense of my soul. And for a lot of people, they've exchanged their soul for looking good. They've exchanged their soul for attention. They've exchanged their soul for dollars. They've exchanged their souls for subscriptions. They've exchanged their souls for likes. Exchanged their souls for gifts. You know who you know you know what I'm talking about. They've exchanged their souls for an OnlyFans page. They've exchanged their souls for a career. They've exchanged their souls for putting on a persona. You got people who can blow when it comes to their vocal talent. But that's not why people are listening to them. People are listening to them because of what they put out there in terms of getting the likes and getting the attention and getting the praise. It makes no sense to me. And y'all might call me out on it, I don't care. It makes no sense to me that Sexy Red is one of the most popular musicians, artists, rappers in the game today. Because she ain't saying nothing. But every time she gets on stage somewhere, it's big sexy on the um on the chain, wearing very little clothing, stack of dollar bills in her hand. That is her mark. That is her M.O. And people are eating it up. But look at that's what that's what they that's the great exchange. I'm gonna create this persona. So I can get the attention, get the affection, get the adoration of fans, get the hits and the likes up so that I can keep pushing and making the money or whatever it is that I'm trying to do. That ratchet lifestyle. I'm trying to promote that ratchet lifestyle. And people eat it up. And because of that, where's her soul? Again, I don't have a heaven or a hell to put her in, but I'm a fruit inspector. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? What do we have to give in exchange for it? And a lot of us, that is our tendency. We put on, we put on, we put on this persona. We're on our platforms today, putting on personas. We call it keeping it real, but we put on personas in an attempt to get people to give us stuff, to get subscriptions up, pay us money so I don't have to work anymore. I just get to just be on the, be on the screen. It, it, again, baffles my mind. Half-naked lady can be laying down on a bed, sleep, and y'all, and we giving her gifts. Giving her gifts. But we that but again, it's I mean it's a it's a it's a it, it it's all it's us. Like if we would stop endorsing the stuff, you know. But at the end of the day, they've made a choice. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? I'm not saying don't get, don't um don't get the bag, but 
Is there a way for you to do it with integrity? Is there a way for you to do it where your soul doesn't have to be compromised in exchange for it? And that's what that's what Peter is saying here. Don't compromise your soul by dressing things up on the outside. Don't compromise your soul for dollars. Don't compromise your soul for attention. Don't compromise your soul for likes. Don't compromise your soul so that you can lay down with somebody tonight. Don't compromise your soul just so you can say, I'm not lonely right now. Don't compromise your soul just so you can pay your bills. Don't compromise your soul. A lot of people are compromising, dressing up the outside in an attempt to deal with the, not deal with the internal issues going on. The issues that we have going on inside of our hearts and minds is related to a lot of insecurities that we have within. And as such, we the believers in God have to be ever so careful and ever so mindful that we, the believers in God, are dressing up the inner man. That we are concentrating on seeking the kingdom, concentrating on reflecting the fruit of the spirit. That we show the love, the peace, the joy, the gentleness, the kindness, the meekness, the, the patience, the, 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 the self-control, the long-suffering. That we are reflecting those things. That we're dressing those things up. That you're making preparation for those things more so than we do the outside. So again, I'm saying all of that to say, brothers... Go get you a nice shirt. Go get you, go, go put on some clothes. Make yourself look decent. Women, do your thing. Look good. Cause I tell you, like I said, you, you got you can have a burlap sack on. Somebody gonna like it. Somebody gonna look. So somebody gonna look. It is, is what it is. Clothing is a more of a cultural thing than it is a biblical standard. But at the end of the day, you got to check your heart. Because people going to look regardless. So check your heart. What are your motives? Why are you choosing to dress the outside the way that you are? Are you doing it because you want attention? Are you doing it because you're trying to allure or snare someone in a trap? Or are you doing it just because, you know, I'm, I'm cleaning myself up today. I want to look good today. Is it for me? And in doing so, more concerned about the inside, what's going on in here, in the heart. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly grateful for each and every last one of you. Uh, thank you for the 1,200 likes that you have given us today. Thank you for the comments. Thank you for the likes. Thank you for the shares. Thank you for the follows. If you have missed any part of this message, feel free to uh, go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts where we uh, give a full replay of this entire show here. Um, there on um, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You're able to listen to them at any time. Thank you again for the gifts. Any gift that you do give to this um 
This live will go straight to the true gospel ministry. Again, no dime goes to me. I make my own money, pay my own bills, got my own job. So you are not paying me. Um, so again, if you are, if you feeling like wanting to give to this ministry, feel free to do so um, at any point in time during this live recording. And again, we thank you so much for all that you guys are doing. We'll be right back after this. Stoic one asked the question who in the true gospel ministry getting paid no one in the true gospel ministry is getting paid if anybody's getting paid is wix.com um, and um, redcircle.com um, because that's where the money goes to you know keep up the website and to keep up these uh, the the podcasts um, that we have of these shows and those subscriptions and so if there's anybody getting that money is them they getting paid I'm not getting paid my wife not getting paid. Ain't nobody at the True Gospel Ministry getting paid. Again, we make our own money, pay our own bills. Every dime that you give to this ministry goes straight toward keeping up those subscriptions. Everything goes straight to those subscriptions. Um, so again, there's nobody getting paid for anything. Um, and even if no one gives us any money, we make, like I said, we make our own money. I pay for it myself, you know, to keep the keep the website up, to keep the subscriptions up. So again, trust me when I say, ain't nobody seeing a dime of that stuff over here. Um, in, in terms of paying somebody, Wix is getting paid, Wix.com is getting paid, and then RedCircle.com is getting paid. And I ain't got no stock in either one of them. So, um, so you know, hope that helps you to have a better understanding of what we are doing here um, at the True Gospel um, Ministry. Um, so, um, the last thing that we're going to talk about today um, is a question regarding the LBGTQ community. Um, and so, before I get started, before I get started, because again, you know, this question comes up a lot. And so, I'm going to go ahead and say this now, get it out the way, because I don't want nobody coming on this show talking about hate people, mad, none of that. 
Number one, unless you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, unless you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you will not understand anything that the scriptures are talking about. You got to have a relationship with the Lord because in order to understand what the Lord is, is doing in the world, we got to understand him. Okay. That's number one. Number two, specifically for my LBGTQ community, LBGTQIA+. I love y'all. From the bottom of my heart, depths of my soul, I love y'all so much. Like, y'all have no idea. Okay? I love y'all. Bottom of my heart. Hear me say it one more again. I love y'all so much. Okay? Alright. Now, what we have to understand is in a vacuum, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us. All of us are in need of a Savior. Every last one of us. Everything that is out of alignment with the divine nature and character of God is considered a sin. Everything that is outside of alignment with God is considered sinful. Period. Point blank. So, what I'm saying, so, prime example, you got a lot of churches today that are walking out of alignment with God today. Churches that are walking out of the alignment with God today. And God considers that sin. And they, uh, sometimes, they're walking in outright rebellion against God. You got some pastors that know this is not what we're supposed to be teaching. But because they are afraid of the people in the congregation and afraid of losing their title and status, they're going to keep preaching and peddling the same faulty gospels and doctrines in order to keep their, their pads fat and in order to keep the people happy. They're they preaching to their tickling ears. Okay? And that is sin. And the wages of sin is death. Okay? None of us are exempt. All of us are in need of a savior. Now, in saying that, what the LBGTQ community in particular has done is they have taken a sin issue and they have twisted it into an identity issue. What do I, what do I mean by that? Why do I mean what do I mean about that? You rarely hear a gambler say, I'm a gambler and God made me this way. You rarely hear a liar, someone who loves the lie, say, I, I'm a liar and God made me this way. You rarely hear a gossiper. Say, I'm a gossiper and God made me this way. The LBGTQIA plus community is one of the very few communities that has taken a sin issue and has turned it into an identity issue and then worked it in such a way to where they now are that where they now say, because God made me this way. There's no reason for me to change. 
And because of that, it makes it difficult for us as believers to have a conversation about the divine, divine design of God because it speaks to the heart of their identity that they've given themselves. It speaks to the heart of what they feel is right in their own eyes. And God said in the word, according to Paul, that that was exactly what we ought to expect. When it says, claim, um, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is forever blessed. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature, and the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. But that's not all. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind. To do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, maliceness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness, gossipers, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. That is about sin across the board, right? It's not just talking specifically to, you know, LBGTQ stuff. It's sin across the board. It's all of us have done something that causes us to fall short of the glory of God. And as a result, we all need a savior to save and redeem us from our sinfulness. But for, again, a lot of people in the LBGTQ community, they want to have God and have their love too. And so what I say to my LGBTQ community is the same thing that I would say to the gossips, the same thing I would say to the drug addicts, the same thing I would say to the crack addicts, the same thing I would say to the sex addicts, the same thing that I would say to the ones who are the CEOs of companies, but they, they beat people down in order for them to make a buck. The same thing I would say to people who cheat on their spouses. The same thing I would say to people who are in heterosexual um, promiscu uh, promiscuity. The same thing that I would say to people who are peddling the word of God um, for dollars rather than actually giving truth to people so that they can have a relationship with the Lord. The same thing that I would say to anybody who's a liar. The same thing that I would say to anybody who's doing any other type of sin. God loves you and wants a relationship with you. God loves you 
and wants a relationship with you. And if you're going to be a part of this kingdom, you're going to have to give up the thing that you love the most in order to have a relationship with the Lord. In order to place him at the uppermost of your affections and the uppermost of your attentions. And as a result, whatever it is that you feel like you're holding on to, you're going to have to learn how to let it go. If you're going to walk with the Lord. Because this is not a democracy. It is a kingdom. And in a kingdom, you serve the king. And whatever the king says, goes. You don't get a say in the matter. You don't get to rewrite the constitution to fit what you want it to say so that you can be comfortable in your sin. You want to have a relationship with the Lord, but you still want to gamble. No, that's not going to work. You still want to be in a relationship with Jesus, but you still want to lie. No, that's not going to work. You, you want a relationship with the Lord, but you still want to cheat on your spouse. You still want to, you know, have, you know, polyamorous relationships. No, that's not going to work. You you want to you want to have a relationship with the Lord, but you want to cheat your children like crap. No, that's not going to work. You want a relationship with the Lord, but you want to become the CEO of a company that and you want to cheat your way to the top. It's not going to work. You want to have a relationship with the Lord, but you want to spend all your money on all these trinkets and toys. It's not going to work. You're going to have to give up what you love what you crave, what you desire in favor of the thing that our soul needs most. And as God transforms that heart of stone to a heart of flesh, we, the believers in God, recognize that I, as a believer in God, cannot continue to live the way that I want to live if it's if in walking the way that I'm living is contrary to the character and nature of God. So anybody can get this work. It's not just for the LBGTQ community. It's just that it seems that that community in particular, they identified themselves as who they are rather than taking on the identity of Christ. The identity as an image bearer, the identity of disciple, the identity as friend of God, heir of God, joint heir with Christ, delivered, transformed, set free, believer. That it's more important to them to have, they be identified as the sexual preference than to be identified as a child of God or to hold them of equal value if we say that we are the believers in God that's why I say anybody can get this work because all of us got the same issue sin is the issue sin is the issue we got to say to God God I crave this help me to crave you more when, it, when, the, when God says you got to take up your cross daily, that's not a one-time thing. You got to pick it up. You got to pick it up. You got to pick it up. You got to put it on your back. Sometimes it's tiresome. Sometimes we grow weary. Sometimes it's, 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 a, it's, it's man, 
This this walk ain't easy. But just like the dude came and helped Jesus pick his cross up and take it all the way to um, Golgotha. Christ is saying, I got you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, I can help you carry this. I can help you carry this cross. And sometimes you got to cry for years because you crave what you want. But God is saying, I'm the greater. I'm the greater. So, so my response to anybody that's a part of the LBGTQ community. I love you. God loves you and wants a relationship with you. The same love that he had for me and my wandering eye self, my people pleasing self, is the same love that God has for each and every one of you. The same love that he has for the person at the crack house is the same love that he has for each and every one of you. The same love that he has for those who are, you know, having heterosexual premarital fornication sex. Same love as he has for y'all. God loves you and wants a relationship with you. And once he transforms your heart, you're going to have to give something. You're going to have to give your stuff up. You're going to have to give it up. If you say that you love Jesus. If you say that the fruit of the spirit abide in you, you're going to have to give that stuff up. Because at the end of the day, God will not be mocked. And if we find ourselves living it up, like I'm going to do what I want to do anyway. I say this all the time. In order for us to do what we want to do, that's contrary to God, and we are believers in him, we are going to have to step over the cross. We're going to have to step over Jesus. Because we know. And if we keep doing what we're doing long enough, God will give us up to a reprobated mind. He will give us up to a reprobated mind, and it'll cause us to do what ought not to be done, so much so that not only will we practice those things, but then we'll celebrate, we'll celebrate people who do. So you have to ask yourself the question, what is my faith walk worth? What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? We have to ask ourselves the question, is Christ truly the greatest treasure that we can ever possess? Is he, is he the best thing that's ever happened to us? Is he for real? Or is he simply an add-on, an accessory to our lives? People talk about, you shouldn't wear a cross around your neck because you wear a cross around your neck. That means that you're worshiping, you worshiping the cross. I ain't worshiping the cross. I'm worshiping Jesus. It's a symbol. But sometimes people will put these symbols on just as an accessory. Christ is saying, I want your whole heart. Abraham and Isaac. What did God say? I want you to take Isaac up the mountain and put him on the altar for me. If you say you love me, put him on the altar. You, you, lo you love me? Put your family on the altar. 
You love me? Put your lusts on the altar. You love me? Put your desires on the altar. You say I'm the greatest thing you ever you, you could ever want? Put what you want on the altar. Sacrifice it. Say to God, I love you so much that if you ask me, it's going to hurt like a mug. Because Abraham didn't go up there with, 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 yay, I get to sacrifice Isaac today. It's going to hurt sometimes to give up the things that we crave for the glory of God. But if we say we love him, then we can trust that we got a Holy Spirit that's going to help us. To be patterned and shaped and molded in, 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 into the image of Christ from one degree of glory to the next. And give up the things that are out of alignment with him. So that we can be the children of God that God has called us to be. And so at the end of the day. And so at the end of the day. We have to always remember that if we say that God is the best thing that's ever happened to us, we, the believers in God, have to be ever so careful that we are living a life in such that we are able to do what God has called us to do and to do so from a place of remembering what he did for us. Lucian asked the question, if we idolize family unintentionally, how can we put God first without leaving or losing the loved one? God said, if you don't give, if you're not willing to give up mother, father, sister, brother, your own life, you can't be his disciple. So to put God first is to simply ask him the question, how is me? How is me serving my family, glorifying God? How is me taking care of my family, glorifying God? How is me putting my family before God, glorifying God? Our, our, our calling is simple. See, we want to think callings are about, I'm supposed to be preaching and pastoring and blah, blah, blah. No, our calling is simple. How am I glorifying God today? How is God getting the glory out of me? So if you know that you're putting your family first, putting, putting family before God, Simply ask the question, how is, putting my, how is putting my family first glorifying God? How? And if, and if once, you, once God gives you the answer, you got to decide what you're going to do with that. You putting your job before God, God shows you that you're putting your job before him. What are you going to do about that? You putting money before God, God shows you you're putting money before him. What are you going to do about that? Because you have a Holy Spirit inside of you that is empowering you to deal with that. That's the word. So how are you using the Holy Spirit that we are freely given? Well, this I got to get up out of here because it's 8 o'clock. How, how are you using the Holy Spirit? Because he said, use me. <laughs> Holy Spirit said, I'm here, homie. Use me. So how are you using the Holy Spirit to be empowered to keep God at the uppermost of your affections? It's not to say that you got to hate your family, but if you got to choose between God and them, 
better roll with Jesus. And if your family has a relationship with Jesus, they ought to do the same. They ought, if you, if you tell them I got to do something, you know, um, you know, that is causing me, like I got to, um, you know, I got to put God first and not y'all first. Like y'all need to be second. If they have a relationship with Jesus, okay, that's cool. Do it in a way that glorifies God. Glorify God. Don't, don't worry about me. Glorify God. And so I'm saying all that to say to my LBGTQ community, to my sex addict community, to my gossiping community, to my um, CEO bashing on everybody they, that work up under them community. <laughs> to my Black Lives Matter community. Manipulative community. <laughs> my loving my family mo community. God loves you and wants a relationship with you. And if you're going to be a part of this kingdom, you have to get something up. Listen, I love y'all. Y'all have been awesome. Thank you so much for the 1,800 likes today. Thank you so much for all that you guys have done for us today. Really appreciate every like, every comment, every share that we have gotten today. Um, if you've missed any part of this message, you can go to our Spotify and our um, Apple Podcast and catch a recap of everything that we talked about today. Thank you for every like, every share. Thank you for every comment. Um, and again, we thank y'all so, so much. As I always say, if you can't see the good, be the good. I love you guys. Peace out, homies.